Welcome to The Lowdown, a podcast of news and ideas from the Columbia Alumni Association. In sub-Saharan Africa, 650 million people lack access to electricity. In Sierra Leone in particular, only 5% of the population is on the grid. That means that 6.5 million people can't study, cook, eat, or work after the sun goes down, except by dim candlelight or expensive kerosene lamps. To charge their mobile phones, most Sierra Leoneans have to go to public charging kiosks. Three Columbia alumni from the School of International and Public Affairs found a solar solution to this challenge. Their startup, called Easy Solar, hopes to introduce solar-powered products into Sierra Leone households, replacing the kerosene lamps that have negative environmental and health impacts. Each of the three business partners, Nthabi Mosia from Ghana and South Africa, Alexandra Tura from France, and Eric Silverman from the United States, have lived or worked in West Africa prior to studying at Columbia. When they realized their mutual passion for the region and clean energy initiatives, they formed Easy Solar and took a pilot trip to Sierra Leone to test out their plan. It was a success, and they have since all moved to Sierra Leone to expand their work. We had the opportunity to sit down with them before they left to chat about their plans, the current status of electricity in Sierra Leone, and their vision for improving access to sustainable energy for thousands of people. First, we wanted to learn a little more about solar energy. So we asked Alexandra, the chief executive officer, about the prices and affordability of solar lamps for Sierra Leone households. A typical household is going to spend around $100 you know, every year on uh, energy. Uh, so it's going to be a mix of lighting, you know, with the kerosene lamps, as well as you know, charging their phones. There's usually one to two phones per household that they have to charge you know, at least once or twice a week. Uh, and it costs them you know, money as well uh, to charge their phones. So overall, they're going to spend roughly $100. And we sell our products, like those, the smallest product that we sell is around a little less than, it's between 15, 15 and $18, basically. So you can immediately see um, that you know, from this perspective, they're going to be done sort of repaying a product over four months which is more or less the amount they would have spent um, on kerosene, you know, anyway. And for the rest of the year, you know, they're not going to have to pay for kerosene anymore. Mm. And I think one of the reasons we're working with the manufacturer we're working with is that we have sort of a, we have a two-year, you know, manufacturer's warranty sort of guaranteeing for those people that it's like a long-term investment. It's not just like a one-off thing, and, you know, that might break after six months. But usually uh, the total lifetime of such a product is um, up to five years. Now, I mean, that being said, I think sort of limiting the, the impact of those products to the uh, immediate you know, financial impact, um, it's, it's definitely one way to see it. And I think it's going to be reality for a number of our customers. Uh, but I guess I'd say you have also two other you know, groups of customers that we're going to be targeting. Um, I guess one, one group um, is a group of customers who like I think will sort of grow up and go up the energy ladder, you know, with us. So they're probably gonna, you know, start spending their first sort of twenty dollars on, on the small end, but they're probably gonna be able to invest in a bigger one, you know, that's gonna be able to charge two phones, which is important for them, and then an even bigger one. And maybe this one is gonna be able to power an appliance. So we really see to some extent I think one one aspect of our, you know, project is is very much on uh pure, you know, impact, both financial uh, health, potential, you know, education benefits. 
Uh, but I guess another sort of potential impact is more like kind of lifestyle, you know, transformation almost, taking those people up the, the energy ladder. Um, and I guess I would finish with a third, you know, group, which is more people who are going to make a productive use of those assets, right? So you have like first category who's just going to have this, you know, basic financial health education impact. A second one, people probably with a little more un- income who are going to be able to like just climb the energy ladder and have a better, you know, life environment. And then you probably have a group of people who are more entrepreneur-minded, you know, and the moment you have a source of electricity, there's a lot of businesses that you can start that you couldn't start before. So whether it's, you know, potential sort of um, applications in the agriculture sector, it could also be, you know, things as uh, basic as opening a barbershop, for instance, or a sports bar, you know, in a, in a village where it's just, there's no way to, to do that today, right? Because there's no access to electricity. So... Um, yeah, I think it's like the broader you know, vision of the potential impact of our project. Access to electricity is a challenge for many African countries. So why did this startup choose to focus on Sierra Leone? Eric, the chief operating officer, responds. Originally, we chose Sierra Leone for, I'd say, mainly two reasons. First reason is as an extremely low electrification rate of about 5% people on the grid and so that leaves about you know I mean about six 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 and a half million people uh, off the grid um, and then second reason is well just because of my my experience in Sierra Leone and the fact that you, when you go into I mean pretty much any country but especially a country a developing country you need to have reliable people and a network of people you can trust and rely on and so um, we had that because of me being in the Peace Corps and then working for a number of NGOs in Sierra Leone. With 95% of the population off the grid, the three founders of Easy Solar saw a gap in access. Um, a lot of people that we talked to for you know, financing, but many other reasons, you know, point to the fact that Sierra Leone is a fairly small country. You know, if you look at the 53, 54 countries of Africa, you know, Sierra Leone is one of the smallest ones. Um, you know, the population is not huge. And so there's only, you know, 6.5 million people off grid. Like think of, you know, in the U.S., if there's like whatever storm, you know, and you have 100,000 people who don't have access to electricity for three days. You know, how much are you going to see this on the media? And like we enter a market where, you know, there's 6.5 million people who have never had electricity and there's absolutely no plan to bring electricity to them. And... So I think it speaks to the sort of like also emergency you know, that we feel in this project. The three founders felt a sense of urgency to address this issue, especially for people's health. And Thabi, the chief technology and marketing officer, explains. Um, if in terms of um, environmental impact and health impacts, so tech- kerosene gives off very toxic fumes. Um, and if you've ever been in a room with a kerosene lamp, it's uh, almost very hard to breathe and sort of inhale those fumes and... I think if you're not used to it, it's, you can sort of almost immediately recognize that this is just not good for you. And a lot of the people that we interviewed were aware that, of the fact that their kids shouldn't be breathing in this fume, um, but they just it wasn't really affordable and reliable alternatives. Um, and so they're aware of the fact that, you know, this isn't good for their own health or this isn't good for their kids' health. Um, in addition, because the lights are so dim, children, I mean, they study at night, but it's very dim, um, and so they're not, the productive hours for studying is, is diminished. Um, and so one of the biggest sort of dividends of, of solar technology is education, I think, mm-hmm. and really empowering educational outcomes by allowing children to have safe, reliable light. And then from a global 
sort of perspective, you know, if we look at the just the volume of people that are using kerosene and the CO2 emissions that are associated with that, and so in sub-Saharan Africa you have 600 million people without power, um, if you just take the amount of CO2 every year that's um, being used for kerosene and, and replace that with solar technology, you also have a, a sort of a... a a wide impact on CO2 emissions as well. One of the company's small solar lamps can replace three kerosene lamps. With these products, the locals can also charge their mobile phones. Yeah, these are little charging stations that are run off of diesel generators, and they charge about 25 cents per charge, which if you compute it into, like, kilowatt hours, you would charge here about, like... 12 cents, you're paying about like $8 a kilowatt hour in Sierra Leone, which is like a 50-fold increase. So you can tell how expensive uh, energy is in Sierra Leone. As a social venture, they want to expand their services to be a financially viable company that serves both low-income and median-income households, bringing their products to rural and urban populations alike. Alexandra explains. I mean, we're a social venture, right? So we clearly have, you know, we're very much impact, you know, minded, but we also want to, you know, create a financially viable uh, company. And I think recently um, in in the field of of social ventures, um, what you've seen is that, you know, targeting the sort of lowest, like the really um, uh, low income class is not really a viable business model. And in a lot of countries, in a lot of environments, and not just in energy, but it's been, in, I think, in insurance, um, in banking, um, in mobile money as well, you've seen a lot of successful ventures who've actually uh, managed to target both, you know, very much lower um, um, sort of tier of income people, as well as more, you know, medium um, um, class people, and, and to some extent... I think we'll probably have the biggest impact definitely in, in the rural environment, uh, but we clearly see um, a very good opportunity to move into uh, sort of an urban environment to solve the sort of energy poverty or energy unreliability that you can see in, in Freetown, for instance. With the strategy and products lined up, how did the first pilot trip to Sierra Leone go? Alexandra tells the story. So we moved, in, we moved to Sierra Leone uh, with 200 products. Um, thinking it would take us two to three months to sell them because we're opening like only one shop and you know we're like figuring out we're gonna open that shop there's probably gonna be like you know one or two persons interested the first day then maybe after a week or two they're gonna like the product they're gonna talk about it and then it, you know it's gonna work its way and hopefully in like two to three months we'll, we'll have sold uh, those products and what happened is that literally in the first 30 minutes they were there we sold 70 of them uh, seven zero. Seven zero. like we literally we were not we we didn't even have 70 with us. Like that morning we left and I can remember like Eric and I discussing how many lamps we should take with us for the first day. Like, yeah, 20 should be enough. <laughs> it should be good. And then we had a regional manager that we're working with, you know, who actually was like driving the car and had the lamps at his place. So it was like, yeah, you know, we have a car. Like we can, we can take like an extra box, like 30 is fine. And the next morning we meet up and he's like, you know what? I took five of them because it was like, it's so small. You know, I just, so we had 50 lamps, right? So we walk into this place thinking that we're potentially going to sell 10, you know, 15 at max. And we walk out 30 minutes later with like 70 people signing up. They us their name, their phone number, money, even without us giving the lamp, just to make sure that they would have access to it immediately. And I think like that sort of helps realize the level of, you know, non of, of 
not access to electricity that those people live in. And the fact that when I was saying that they're very similar to us, they are. Like, they are aware of, you know, electricity and that it's, it's pretty cool to have a light at home. Um, so I guess that sort of drove the sort of uh, incredible demand that we've seen. Uh, and we've sold the 200 products in, like, a matter of, I think, a little less than 10 days. So They told us that by the end of the first year, they hope to reach 10,000 customers. But in the long run, the three social entrepreneurs are not satisfied with just serving the customers in Sierra Leone. They have a bigger vision. Yeah, and I think to some extent, talking about our growth, um, clearly our growth is going to be uh, mainly about this sort of geographic expansion. So uh, broadening our ages network is going to be really important within Sierra Leone. And I think one thing we haven't really mentioned is that the plan is not you know, to stick to Sierra Leone forever. Um, we're sort of already uh, looking at neighboring countries of, of Liberia and Guinea because, um, I mean, all across West Africa, off-grid solar is still extremely small. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities on one hand and also a lot of people who don't have access to electricity. So we're definitely planning on, on moving further than Sierra Leone at some point. With 200 products sold in 10 days, they are off to a great start. The three Columbia alumni are well on their way to meeting their goals and to improving the lives and health of their neighbors in Sierra Leone. To learn more about Easy Solar and their products, check out their website at easysolar.sl. Columbia University is a mecca of great ideas in one of the world's greatest cities, and with more than 330,000 Columbia alumni who are leaders in every field imaginable and spread across the world, the Columbia Alumni Association brings you the latest musings, updates, and insights from Columbia University. Learn more about the Columbia Alumni Association at alumni.columbia.edu. And to get even more news and ideas from Columbia, check out thelowdown.alumni.columbia.edu.